bright fluorescent lighting, she could make out the shadow of the girl as she stood by the sinks. The alien was getting closer. She couldn't wait any longer, could she? No. No, if she was going to die here, she was going to make sure the alien died with her, and make sure this girl, this fragile, human girl, survived. Chapter 1 The town has been emptied. When you walk down the street, you meet nobody. Nothing. Except for the bees buzzing hopelessly in the air, the beetles scuttling across the cracked sidewalks. Nothing seems to matter to the bugs or the wind. They just keep on keeping on. The sky above me is dark, tornado brown and hopeless. The debris the humans left is picked up and spun on. It's my dream nightmare. I've had it every night since my mother has been in the hospital. It haunts me in the daytime, too. This dream of a future Earth with no humans. This dream of a future Earth inhabited only by aliens and beetles and bees. I can't let it be real. I am terrified it will be real. I am terrified that I won't have a chance to stop it. Human beings like to think that we are the most important species to ever exist, the top of the food chain, the most dangerous predator. There is safety in that. Even as we mourn how awful we are as a species, we can breathe a sigh of relief that though we are awful, we are still safe in that awfulness. Humans don't feel threatened by dolphins. We don't worry that rabbits will attack our phalanx, split our defensive line, capture us, and then roast us on a spit. Our homes aren't threatened by roving bands of manatees bent on our annihilation. We trust that we are safe. We trust that our biggest threat is each other. That trust is a lie. There are much bigger things squelching, stomping, and fluttering about. There are much bigger threats than us humans. Without our weapons, we are a pretty weak species. Our skin breaks and tears. Our minds twist and explode. Our lungs can only bring in so much air. Our muscles can get us to run just barely fast enough. Even Olympians can't run fast enough to escape the threat that approaches us. And then there is me. There are four facts in the story of Mana Trent. I am a weapon. My mother loves me. My mother is not my biological mother. My whole life is a lie, a story. I am a weapon that aliens originally planned to use to infiltrate the humans from within, but I was rescued by my mother, a government-endorsed alien hunter turned rogue, and she created a fabricated life for me before she was kidnapped and shot and spiraled into a coma, which is where she is now, in a coma in a hospital. It is where she has been for weeks and weeks. Now I'm waiting to be used, to be helpful, for word from the agency she worked for that they need me. So far, nothing. The world of desolation, of bees and wind and beetles, it could happen. This is what I'm thinking about on a freaking freezing day in December, and these thoughts swirl around in my head so fiercely that I forget to answer half the questions on my world history test, and instead just doodle all over the margins. Who am I? What am I? Who do I trust?
My best friend, Seppi, has passed in her test early and sits back at her desk texting or checking out the cheerleaders who rock Tumblr tag or something. Her parents are doctors, normal and brilliant and human. They deal with systemic racism and microaggression with grace and humor, the same way Seppi does. They are the sort of people you want to belong to, smart and funny and perfect in their imperfections. The bell rings. A dog races outside the classroom window, infinitely more fascinating than the test I should be focusing on. Clouds loom above the dog, thick and gray, heavy with snow that is ready to fall. A front must be coming through, a change in the weather pattern. I shudder. Turn your tests in, our student teacher calls. Her name is Mrs. Horton. We call her Mrs. Horton Here's a Who a lot. My paper is terribly lacking in answers, kind of like my life. Standing up, I sigh. Seppi nudges me with her bag. You okay?